0: The Smile motion active learning system get into motion Smile motion gets active minds in motion with today's hottest technology wireless motion activated gaming system is a huge breakthrough for junior gamers see it in action at www.vtechkids.com
1: vtech kids have the power www.vtechkids.com.
0: TM and copyright 2008 Marvel Entertainment Incorporated and its subsidiaries. All rights reserved. VTech Kids! Welcome, dear listener, to our podcast, Jeff and Rick present Unpacking the Power of Power Pack, where we journey through each issue of comics that include a member of the most underrated Marvel series from the 80s while drinking beer,
1: analyzing awesome and amazing adjacent adolescent adventures, and absorbing alcohol. I am Jeff. And I, as my name tag tells me, am Rick.
0: What day is today? It's random banter. What a day for random banter. Let's all have some cake. Random banter time, buddy. Talk to me. Tell me tall tales and tantalizing tidbits of trivia today. And here's going to be some lovely, lovely
1: ASMR for all you people. As I gently blow out the candles and blow out the, your eardrums. <laughs> I'll probably cut that down a little bit. Because that is a birthday song, because we got ourselves a birthday issue here. Mm-hmm.
0: Yay! But a birthday song from what? Oh, <laughs> I'll give you some hints. Leela, Fry, Farnsworth. Uh, okay,
1: that that probably is going to be uh, Futurama.
0: Yes. So do you get the combo <laughs> pack of why I did a birthday song from Futurama? Because we've
1: got the beginnings of, fu- well, we've got the inklings of Future Foundation. The inklings of Future Foundation here.
0: And a time traveler.
1: And a time traveler. This is true. This is true. Mm-hmm,
0: there mm-hmm. we go. That's all I've got. I don't got much in the tank, but that's what I've got.
1: (laughs) And we have ourselves a Fantastic Four issue. Yes, folks, we finally made it out of Darkhawk and angsty teens and all that stuff. And now we're into Jonathan Hickman.
0: (laughs) Angsty (laughs) preteens. Angsty preteens and angsty 20-somethings. And angsty adults. (laughs) Yeah. Second verse, same as the first.
1: <laughs> so, yeah. We are into the Fantastic Four, the Jonathan Hickman Fantastic Four run, and we're going to be in this lane for quite a while. So we will get into that in a second, though. Right now, what have we been up to? We actually, behind the curtain, we're actually a week beyond due to some unforeseen issues. So we're kind of running up against some guns here. Yeah. But during the time between the last recording and now, I have made two, count of two trips up north One from Portland, Oregon, all the way up to Abbotsford, Canada, and then at the end of that weekend, back on down, and the second one, back up to Seattle. So my wife was talking about maybe this coming weekend, we could go up and see her parents up near Seattle. I said, oh, no. No, we will not, because <laughs> I do not want to drive up to Seattle or north again anytime soon.
0: No, this is great. It would work, because each time you bounce back out for a weekend, but you're coming closer <laughs> and closer <laughs> to home. Closer. So this, ne- this next weekend, you hit your parent-in-law's place. Next, The weekend after that, go up to Centralia the weekend after that, maybe just one then. Or, boop, not. Boop, 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 or boop. not. Or not. Or not. Or not. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. Yeah, that was that was quite a bit. Yeah,
1: it was quite a bit. I did have fun, though. Uh, the first time I was going up to Abbotsford for a Geo Woodstock. It's a geocaching event where there was a mess of people from all over the world. And all the smart people that went to that stayed up in that area. And just for another week, I came back down here and went to work <laughs> and <laughs> then went back up to Seattle for the geocaching 20th year celebration that's been delayed by two years yep. <laughs> but it was quite enjoyable uh, there's about you know six seven eight thousand people from all over the world that came down between those two events I saw a lot of friends from all over the world and, and I could talk about all of those people but I'm not going to because I'm going to talk about one person one of our fans and that's LIMAX7 he is a geocacher as well I knew he was going to be up there and I was very excited. I really wanted to see him. I was trying to figure out where I could see him at. Well, I went to the registration up in the Canada event and standing in line, get up to the front of the line. There's a guy there. He's got a name tag on his shirt. It says, LIMAX7. I'm like, <laughs> LIMAX. And he looks at me and says, Rick. And I'm like, oh my God.
0: So... How were you ever going to meet up? How would it have ever been possible to find him in this giga event? Oh, there, right there. You're right there. It's seriously, that person there right was there. thousands of people. And, like,
1: <laughs> I get into the line for my geocaching name, and he is right there. It was, like, <laughs>
0: perfect. That was absolutely perfect. I'm a little... Reads as a lot jealous that you got to meet him spend some time and hang out. I'm really kind of jealous of that. That sounds really, really cool.
1: Fantastic guy. And I was able to see him the following week up in Seattle. We were able to run into each other there. And... Last week, when we should have been recorded, him and his daughter were finally working their way back down to California, and they were in town that night. They were heading from Moldama Falls down to Salem, and I said, well, stop by my house, because he had something he wanted to drop off, and I wanted to give him some of our swag, so he was able to come in, him and his daughter. I had him down here in the room, and he was <laughs> very jealous of all of the cool comic book covers, uh, Our comic books I've got signed on my wall out there, and my nifty room here. And we sat around and talked for quite a while, and he got to meet my family, and it was very, very enjoyable.
0: That's awesome. That is super cool. This is my little love letter, and I know he's going to yeah. listen
1: to this, my love letter to limax 7
0: i would have liked to have met you too limax that would have been really (laughs) neat life has just been life is unkind (laughs) so (laughs) uh, original plans two years ago were to go up to the big uh, geo woodstock in canada and then to go to the 20 year anniversary for me but life has hit me like a multitude of hammers so those did not happen i did get to go to a local event that was going on from some french people who were traveling to go up to mecca which is headquarters Mm -hmm. It happened to be like, Oh, we're doing dropping my daughter off to theater camp for a week and runs for an hour. And we're going to do that. And then we, we would usually me and her Hillary would go out and go geocaching around in Portland mm-hmm. and come back and everything and pick her up after that. One of those days it was like, Hillary's like looking for ke- caches and she goes, Oh, hey, you know that event that we were like, well, I guess there's an event in that park at some point. Yeah, that's on Thursday or it runs from like 830, to 930 and we drop our daughter off for. You know, nine or eight, or, I don't know, whatever the appropriate time was. But it was just like, oh, it's going on exactly when we drop her off. And then it's one corner away and we can walk over there. So we walked to an event and nice. got to meet some other cashers that were going, going and traveling. And what was kind of neat on that is that friends of theirs were doing an event in France at the exact same time. And we got to stream back and forth on, some, on the event coordinator's tablet. So he's like, Log them both. Log two events at the same time. I'm like, I get to log know. an event in Oregon and in France at the exact same time. Heck yeah. Sign me up. That is amazing. Me and Hillary all on board with that. And then the French event coordinators were like, why are you guys here? No, go away. Click, click, delete our logs. So it's like, well, we did attend the event too. We waved and said hi a bunch and <laughs> salute and stuff like that. But yeah, so we didn't make it up to uh, any of the other real geocaching events, but it, it, it would have been fun. And I'm jealous of everybody that got to go do it and happy for them. Uh, we were just trapped in, amongst many other things, but uh, Remodel is ongoing and it is just intrusive at, to say the very
1: least. <laughs> I will say this. The French, the Europeans in general are absolutely wonderful. The Canadian vet I went up to, I shared a house with a lot of people and I only really knew two of the people in the house, but there's like 15 of us. I, I did know the guy from Germany. We've met a handful of times, but he was there. We had a guy from Switzerland. We had a guy from France and the guy from France, I ended up giving a ride back to Seattle, my way back down to Portland. Hmm. And the fun part of that trip, of course, was I met him two days ago. We were yeah. at the border. The custom agent says, so how do you two know each other? Ah, oh, we're friends.
0: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> don't. He's a dude that got into my car. And I said, well, I guess this is a road trip buddy now. Pretty much. It was pretty close to that.
1: A Really nice guy. Very nice guy. Wonderful. His name is Arnaud. And he lives in Paris in a small little apartment right next to the Eiffel Tower. And oh, nice. he
0: lives the He lives his best life. <laughs> That sounds really cool. I was going up to Canada with some friends once years ago to go caching and I'm driving the friend's car up and there and there and they're like, okay, so you know, they're asking us like, well, how do you know each other? Oh, geocaching. What's that? Oh, well, it's where you use your GPS to go and look for little treasures in the woods and stuff. And it's like, wait, people are hiding things? Yeah, yeah, it's just place it in GPS coordinates, and we do this, and it's like, wait, people are hiding stuff in our country? Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's called geocaching. It's just a little Tupperware stuff. I need you to pull over, sir.
1: <laughs> <laughs> see, see, I said, you know, what are you up here for? The geocaching event. Ah, uh, you're one of them.
0: Yes. the It was Thousands a different <laughs> age. It was a different age. <laughs> okay,
1: speaking of different ages... Let's talk about a bunch of people that are all different ages and somebody who is going on to a new age. Ah, see what I did there? See what I did Mm, there?
0: (laughs) That's a a bleak way of referencing a birthday.
1: Well, before we get to that, even, let's go ahead and talk about a 2 cents replay of what happened last episode, which will probably inform us about what's going on now.
0: I'm sure that it will, Rick. In Wolverine, Volume 2, Issue Number 37, a time-displaced Wolverine stabbed some dudes during the Spanish Civil War and then fought Lady Deathstrike while they time-hopped back to the present day, wrapping up their story. In The New Warriors Volume 1, Annual Number 1, To Bounce or Not to Bounce, Speedball took an experimental drug for diagnostic reasons and then spends his afternoon annoyingly getting saved by the who's who roster of Marvel heroes while trying to aggressively activate his power set only to find out later that the experimental drug temporarily removed his powers and that he could have died at any time had these heroes not been saving him. Now that the neither story had a lot of weight to them, but they were a fair amount of fun, two-sentence replay is over, why don't you give me a beer and tell us what our Power Pack pick is? Hey, Jeff, I got you a birthday present. Mmm. I've had a bunch of birthdays. I like getting presents on them.
1: You've had a lot of birthdays.
0: Yep, too many. Not enough. Both. Pono Brewing. Monkey's Birthday! (laughs) West Coast IPA from (laughs) Pono. Pono. Do not add an <laughs> R. Hono oh, Brewing. This is great. That looks like uh, I'm so glad this cartoon-looking monkey wearing a birthday hat is uh, throwing hops at us that say Mackenzie Eclipse, and as opposed to what a monkey is known for flinging. That's beautiful can. It's in front of a beautiful full red sunset over some uh, cartoon mountains and everything. That's a real pretty looking can. Makes me happy. I like the colors. And monkey's birthday. Monkey's Delightful. birthday. By Pono Brewing, 6.2% ABV, 60 IBU,
1: it's springtime in Portland. It's actually summer, but you know, whatever. And the weather is as weird as the city. That's why we are in the middle of a heat wave.
0: Yeah, it's like 100 degrees today or something. It's wonderful.
1: Monkey's Birthday is an old saying meaning rainy and sunny at the same time. Monkey's Birthday is the latest in our West Coast seasonal IPA series, made with Mackenzie hops that are exclusively grown in Oregon Terrier and Eclipse hops from Australia. Big notes of grapefruit, lemon, nectarine, melon, pine, zesty citrus, and sweet fruits. Beware of flying hops. (laughs) I'll hop you, my little, pretty
0: darling. I can't remember what the speech is.
1: You know what's nice is that we have a double recording
0: tonight, and this is a tiny little can, which fills up my mug just about right. Yeah, I filled mine with froth, so uh, I've got more in the can, not to brag. i got junk Mm -hmm. in the trunk. Ooh, yeah, that is a very hazy IPA. It's got that yep. beautiful wheat coloration to it. Very bubbly. This is a tasty, tasty brew. Wow, I'm getting
1: those grapefruit, lemon, nectarine, melon, pine. Yeah, yeah, I'm getting yep. all that stuff hitting hardcore.
0: Yeah, it has a very nice aroma to it, and it has a very nice flavor to it. It's very, it's very light. It's very refreshing. It's very bright. It has a lot of cit- lot of citrus notes to it, and a lot of pine notes going.
1: Yeah, I'm not getting that metallic hit on there, which is
0: nice. No, I can tell it's an IPA. Yeah. I am getting that generic IPA flavoring in the forefront of the you know, here's you take a sip and you go, yes, that's an IPA. Mid-taste, IPA, aftertaste, IPA. But there's a lot of pleasant notes yes. surrounding it with the pines and the citrus and the all of all of that jazz. It's it's it is a pleasant drink.
1: It is not too bad, and especially on, like we said, a near hundred degree day, my computer is telling me right now at 625, it is 96 degrees outside, so thank goodness for air conditioning and a nice cool basement and a nice cool drink.
0: Yep, I just turned the air conditioning off uh, before it, before hitting record, so the rest of the family going to be joyous, I'm sure.
1: Well, aren't they always? Let's move <laughs> on! <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, let's move on to those opening credits, if you please. Fantastic Four, Volume 1, Issue Number 574, February 2010. Days of Future Franklin. Writer Jonathan Hickman, Penciler Neil Edwards, Inker Andrew Curry, Letterer Russ Wooten, Colorist Paul Mounts, Editor Tom Brevort. Featuring the Fantastic Four, Mr. Fantastic, Invisible
1: Woman, Human Torch, The Thing, Franklin and Valeria Richards? Guest starring Artie and Leech, Bentley, Dragon Man, Herbie, Alicia Masters, Spider Man, Alex, Jack, and Katie Power. Oh my! First thing is first.
0: Do you know that Franklin has a sister?
1: No. No, I did not. I thought that he was an only child. How did that happen, and what is her deal? She's not a Mephisto wishbaby, is she?
0: Well, according to the very complicated backstory that involves the negative dimension, radiation, alternate realities, Franklin's cosmic powers, and the midwifery skills of one Doctor Doom... Plus a journey to hell, we have Valeria Richards, and while not a mutant with the powers of a god like her brother, Valeria is ranked in the top three smartest characters in the Marvel Universe, and in fact, in some lists, ranking above her father, Reed Richards. And she still has a bedtime. (laughs) You betcha she does. Oh, and also, Franklin has no mega powers right now. He's normal. He's just a kid. And this occurred as a result of resetting reality with Valeria and also reforming Galactus. Of course, because that's what happens. Okay, life in the Baxter Building is one adventure after another, and I guess today's includes a wrapped birthday present held by a sister. As Valeria fetches
1: her brother for a special big boy day party, they talk about what's in the box. Please, let it not be the head of an actress again that was only the one time. Seriously, though, I would like to tell you no, but we do not know what's in that box yet. But I am pretty sure it is not as empty as the room they just entered.
0: Hey, where are all the people that are supposed to be celebrating Franklin's birthday? Surprise! (laughs) This is it. It's the big one. I'm coming, Elizabeth. I'm
1: coming, Elizabeth. Remember the stars and guest stars we just mentioned? Well, all of them. Sam and Spider-Man are here now that Sue Richards is not making them all invisible.
0: And after Valeria wishes her brother happy birthday by calling him a very inappropriate word, he tells her that she better have gotten him something good. The privilege on these children is palatable. There is a lot happening all at once, especially some tackle hugs from Katie and Jack. Nice to see a small power pack reunion, which is sort of spoiled by Sue snapping a birthday hat on Franklin and making him blow out the candles. While cake is being dispensed, Reed has a small chat with Alex, a chat that has serious consequences for the next four years of our podcast.
1: I mean, what were these two thinking? The only thing that should affect our podcast is Tim's
0: crippling addiction to cheese. It starts off innocently enough with Reed asking how the power parents are and how their flight in was. Apparently they arrived the night before, and the two younger power kids were
1: so excited they did not sleep at all and must be exhausted as evidenced by how they are
0: rambunctiously wrestling with Dragon Man. Baby. His name is Baby Rick, and he is their very special friend. Not that it has ever been addressed again in any comic book ever.
1: But then we get into the meat of it all. Alex is now 19, and he is
0: bored with college, since he is working on his postgraduate work. Alex has apparently taken the Doogie Howser University route, and has exceeded his own limits, and now has no clue what is next.
1: Has he thought about taking up acting?
0: Nah, that's more of a Julie direction.
1: Then has he thought about being more or less forgotten about for a decade or two by Marvel?
0: That's more of a Jack and Katie career path.
1: Shame that, but that's okay. Reed has got himself an idea, a special project. He wants Alex to work for them.
0: And thus was born the next four years of a podcaster's life. (sighs) But that is a tomorrow or a next week problem. For now, we have another character to introduce. Bentley. Sue is offering this Bentley character some cake, and we find out some info about him. This absolute brat of a boy prefers to call himself 32, not Bentley, as he is a clone. The 32nd clone of the Wizard, to be exact. He has a theory that names are for closers. First prize for being worthy, you get a
1: name. Second prize, a set of steak knives. Third prize, you are fired. He has to earn his name. Until then, 32 wants a corner piece of cake.
0: Same, my little clone dude. Same.
1: And just for some clarity, and to keep you guys from, like, you know, bothering us, he later changes this numeric from 32 to 23. So no more tweets, okay?
0: Hey, everybody, pay attention.
1: Now, when the thing yells that, it is time to check out what is occurring in the center ring, because it might just be tick tack clock Apparently, a special guest has arrived, and everyone should applaud the Spectacular Spider-Man.
0: Or, in this case, they should applaud an old man with his gut hanging out of an ill-fitting Spider-Man costume with glasses over the mask.
1: I don't know. I heard Spidey let himself go, and I have seen enough old man Spider-Man comics to
0: believe that this might actually be him. After the birthday party kids yell that that is not the friendly neighborhood webhead, Spider-Man is eventually discovered on the thing's back.
1: Why that wascally wabbit?
0: While the kids are enjoying this goofy show, there is one person who is getting a little hot under the collar at this silly hero worship for some lunatic in Long John's. Why does he get to make the entrance that is greeted with cheers? <laughs> Stupid Spider-Man.
1: Johnny, Johnny, Johnny! Let it go, man! Let it go!
0: Spidey has some fun hanging off Ben Grimm's back and amping up the kids, till he finally offers Franklin a ride while he swings on some webs. To which Johnny grumpily agrees that, at least Frank is having a good time.
1: Later, it is time for some reverse presents, because Franklin is such a good
0: kid. He got some of his friends very specific party favors. He did not know the Power Kids were coming, so he got them all some gift cards.
2: Boo!
0: After a bad start, gift cards are for the unimaginative. Right, Cindy? Spider-Man gets a book picked with the help of Johnny called A Loser's Guide to Picking Up Women. Okay, better. I mean, this deserves a stay classy Johnny remark, but still. Leech and Arty both get keys for the Baxter Building and an offer to live with Franklin and his family. Okay, I, I may need a tissue. Additionally, Val and Franklin have created a helmet for Artie. He is mute, but he used to have the ability to project images. He lost this power during M-Day when the Scarlet Witch took away mutant powers.
1: Allergies! I have allergies! And I stubbed my toe! I'm crying!
0: This new tech will allow Artie to use his powers again.
1: This is awesome!
0: Reed and Sue had no idea. They are just loving how great their kids are. Oh, and the fake Spider-Man was Willy Lumpkin. Because of course it was. Later that night, a timequake occurs in the hallway and some adult future guy shows up.
1: I mean, you build a giant tower with your team name slapped right on it. You are bound to get a bunch of routine weirdness.
0: He quickly puts up a barrier that the Fantastic Four cannot get through. And that is a problem, because the birthday boy is on the stranger danger side of the barrier. Oh, that is so not good. Even worse, Future Dude waves his hand, whispers some words to Franklin, and he is out cold.
1: Sue does not take this well, and threatens to hunt the stranger down and wish that he had never been born.
0: The stranger enters Val's room, who has intelligently hidden, but reappears when the guy states he is not going to hurt her. Which is a reaction that is so unlike you.
1: I say the same thing every time we meet, but you still slam me in the face with a snow shovel. And who the heck always carries a snow shovel?
0: Uh, someone worried about self-protection and snow? Duh. Duh. Well, Val is told that she has to get a warning and that the future must be avoided at all costs. Now, the future guy says some
1: words that are very important, so Jeff is going to repeat them in a serious voice.
0: There will be a war between the four
2: cities. The dead must not be forgotten. The future man must return to save the past, and all hope lies in
0: doom.
2: Why should I believe you? Because you're the one who sent me here.
1: And just before that guy shunts back to wherever or whenever he is from, and before I hit Jeff on the head with a shovel, Val figures it out and wishes him a happy birthday, the same way she wished Franklin one earlier, using language we don't use anymore. But still,
0: this is greeted with a smile. It is also just before Reed finally breaks through the other side of the energy barrier. The kids are both okay. Franklin not remembering anything that happened, and Val is, well, she's being Val. Even later than before, the Fantastic Four are having a little meeting. A quick after-action report on how bad they are at protecting their family and their very own home.
1: To be fair, it was a future version of their son who successfully bypassed all of their alarms. So turn that frown upside down, Reed. You are still a horrible father, but not for this
0: reason. Speaking of Reed, he did run a mess of tests on both kids, and they seemed to be fine. They got lucky.
1: Oh, really? Well, then perhaps you can explain while Val is hiding a mess of insane calculations under a painting of Leonardo da
0: Vinci. Hey, it is better than her hiding a picture of Leonardo DiCaprio under a painting of Leonardo da Vinci.
1: (sighs) Or why Franklin is awake in his room building tiny universes because his older self told him to rest and remember what he is.
0: Hey, you always should be yourself. Is that the best you have? Hey, diversionary question. Who are the Fantastic Four?
1: We can't have nice things. (laughs) Okay, let's get on to the serious side of this comic. Let's talk about the cover. That's right, the cover. It's the front and the back, but we're only going to talk about the front because that's all that matters.
0: It's a good-looking cover.
1: It's a good-looking cover. And actually, we're going to talk about a couple of covers here because there is a variation. We'll try to bring those up whenever we can. Now, the one I have for our collection here is the future must be avoided at all costs, Fantastic Four. And it's got the four members of Fantastic Four there. But underneath that, we have Johnny Storm kind of flying, and we have Spider-Man swinging, and Franklin is holding on to Spider-Man's neck, and like going, whee! <laughs> and then there's the Fantastic Car, and we got Sue and Reed and the Thing. It looks like Thing's reading a paper, and Val is there in the front, and she's waving. And they're just like out having a little little tootle in the city there and franklin is heck with the family and he's on spider-man's back because
0: given your choice between the flyers you'd want to pick spider-man as opposed to the fantastic human torch because a little little bernie little bernie
1: this one is done by alan davis and mark farmer the other one is a little more simplistic and it is fantastic four and it's got a white background and we got circles we have five circles top two of reed and sue bottom one is thing and the human torch and there's the Four, stylized four in the center in a blue circle. That one is done by Dale Eaglesham. Two pretty good covers. I like the first one. I like the the one that I've got here. It really speaks to what this issue is. Everybody's having fun. Everybody's smiling. Focus is really on Franklin and and Spider-Man 2. But it kind of shows that this is about Franklin, I think. I think you can really get that from the cover.
0: Yeah, I love the fact you can just see how happy everybody is. It looks like a happy issue and it looks like it's Franklin's special day kind of an issue where it's just like, hey, we're going to go out and have fun. We're going to go do things, and it's going to be neat, and our buddy Spider-Man's going to be there, and he's he's a lot of fun. You like him. Yeah. Yeah.
1: We are at the beginning of the Hickman run on Fantastic Four, which I've mentioned a couple times. I probably should have done a little bit more research on this, but from my just kind of grasping knowledge here, Hickman's big thing really did start with this run in Fantastic Four. This is 2009, beginning of the Fantastic Four run with Dark Reign, and then he just started really going forward. And he did a very cool thing with Fantastic Four. He he really looked at the family side of things, and he really started kind of doing the Chris Claremont thing of old, where you put things in here, you start seeding some future storylines, and you start building, 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 and you make this gigantic story that keeps on spawning and spawning and spawning. And it's pretty good, and he... Really worked on this over the years, and he just finished up his run with the X-Line and Marvel that he reinvented all of the mutants in in Marvel, pretty much. Hickman has some real good chops, and you can
0: kind of see it here. I like his stuff a lot. I'm a big fan of his writing.
1: Yeah, this is going to be fun going through this and really exploring a little bit of it, just in our own little world. We're not going (laughs) to cover the entire run. We are only going to cover the issues where we see members of Power Pack. It's going to be pretty much Alex all the way through, but this leads on to a lot of stuff that's going to go on, and we're going to be following her for a while, so this should be enjoyable. But we should, I guess, talk about Valeria. Now, we gave a little half-hearted piece on her backstory, but do you know much about her at all, or is this kind of your first Introduction to her.
0: No, I know that she exists, and I know it's just a funky, wonky, wibbly, wobbly donkey missing a leg and no eye, and janky, wanky, hanky, panky, donkey <laughs> kind of, It's just, it's... I still don't fully understand it. I don't grasp the whole, Franklin has a sister that's younger than him, but is also older than him, and okay, super genius, I know she exists, I acknowledge that she does, and... It's a thing and anytime I kind of start reading about like oh and here's how she came into existence it's just like smooth brain smoothest brain nothing sticks don't <laughs> understand go go away okay she just is i'm fine with that don't need more <laughs> i
1: think this got started a while back where sue was pregnant and she lost the child and they revisited it and through comic book nonsense they brought her back and she is reed's daughter she is definitely Reed's daughter. I think yeah, that time. Franklin is very much more of the bombastic boy, likes the adventure and stuff. But she is the smart one. She is the thinker. And she is smarter than Reed. Yeah. She just is also immature.
0: Yeah, because <laughs> she's still a kid. I know that yeah. 34 or 32 or 23 or your Bentley – I know that he has a big crush on her in future days, yeah. which I think is kind of neat. Where she just, you was know, so like, "Yeah, we're good lab partners," and he's like, "Yep, yeah, lab partners." Oh. <laughs> yeah, I know she's mega smart, but she is also young and inexperienced mm-hmm. with a lot of things. Has you know, you can be super smart, and when you're still a little naive or inexperienced, there's a little detriment to you.
1: Yes, we are going to have a lot of time to talk about her. She's one of the core members. I mean, this is the Fantastic Four. We've got the main four members that we all know and love from the Fantastic Four, followed by Franklin and Valeria. We're going to be getting a lot of interactions with them. We probably, and, and i reading ahead and going through some of this run, we are going to be interacting with, but not dealing deep, too deeply with a very large cast of characters. That's another thing that I think Hickman's good at is really juggling a lot of characters all at once. And we have a mess, and there's only going to get more. We've got the beginnings of what will eventually become the Future Foundation here, with Alex and Artie and Leech, and there's gonna be a few more people that get start getting added in over the next few issues. But we actually get to see Artie and Leech again,
0: which is nice. Yeah, I love seeing Artie and Leech. It's really neat. Those little fun time Moppets coming in and existing and it's nice That there are kids in the Marvel Universe. And it is really great that there are kids of a like age and kind of experiences as Franklin. It's great to be able to go like, yeah, my my buddy, my, you know, Uncle Captain America and um, Uncle Incredible Hulk and Uncle Spider-Man. Those are great, but... How about kids just running around, sticking their tongues out each other, having fun? Which, again, yeah. is one of the things that I really like about Power Pack being kids is that they're the only ones that are there. So them and Franklin hanging out is super great. And you don't need to age anybody up because, come on, there's enough older heroes out there. Just leave it alone. <laughs> but we do
1: have some kids and we get to see them more. I, mm-hmm. I know that when I started, I was reading X Factor. And so I was really invested in Artie. He was a perennial character that mm-hmm. I was seeing a lot of. Leech as well. He was in a lot of those early stuff with, with X Factor as well.
0: Yeah, because they dealt with the Morlock all the time.
1: Yeah. These are the characters that I really like, clicked on. It's like, oh, I get to see them again. This is great. Marvel does not do enough with these characters. We get to spend some time with them, which is going to be quite enjoyable. Now, what do you think of the artwork in this book? This, of course, as we said before, was by Neil Edwards. He was the artist. We're dealing with a lot of kids, so how
0: do we feel about how he draws kids? Um, not quite there. Yeah. <laughs> There's some problems. It's, his the art style in general is adequate. It is very passing. You can definitely fill up a comic book with it, and you know what's going on and, and, and what's what. But... There's some awkwardness to it, and the kids especially. They're like the introduction of Katie. I think this is probably going to pop up later, but when they introduce, you know, Katie and Jack, seeing Franklin for the first time, it's very much like the, Katie, what happened to your face? Jack, who are you? You look like you're a 45-year-old man with a comb over. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I'm not a big
1: fan of his artwork. And I think I was looking ahead at some other stuff that he has done, and his artwork I think gets much better, but this is very early in his career, and I'm I'm not a huge fan. It's passable. It's not terrible, but once again, Jonathan Hickman's got a cast that's got a lot of kids, and I, I kind of feel let's make sure that we've got an artist that can handle
0: kids. Kids, because there's kids in it. And diversity, since you get you start doing thing, Artie Leech, Dragon Man, Kids. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like you're gonna have to run the gamut there. And they all have distinct looks and Could you make him look decent? Yeah.
1: His thing is not bad, though. But I think that you've got, there's a lot of things with the thing that you can fudge on a little bit, and he still is going to look
0: good. The thing has a lot of playroom around him. Yes. Kids, not so much. It's always so bizarre to me that artists have such a hard time with children, and it's this (laughs) uncanny valley or a dwarf adult effect where it's like, because, again, I've said it before, and and I'll say it again right now, which is... You can see children. Human children exist in the world. You can use a reference. Here's the funny part,
1: and I will say this now to everybody listening. We don't really know what we're talking about since neither of us can draw this level. We are just making our own comments here. And, I mean, it's probably very difficult. I think it would be difficult to learn how to draw kids. But I think just taking an adult and making it small is not the best option.
0: Yeah, Yeah. or... Taking an adult and making making the arms the leg short.
1: We're gonna be dealing with these characters. We're gonna be doing a lot of talking about Fantastic Four, so I'm sure we're gonna bring up a lot more stuff. What are the ages and what's everything else? We'll get to that. Let's just move on to some of our final thoughts now. And I'm gonna tell you this: we are gonna change one of our final thoughts. And I hope that Jeff noticed it. I'm
0: I noticed things, but maybe I understood it, maybe I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> It's always fun
1: to throw an audible at him and see what happens. But (laughs) the things that we are going to keep is our jokes and our backup art. What piece of art do we need to put up on the birthday boy's wall? Franklin's got a lot of room on his walls for more artwork. What artwork are we going to put up on his wall? What is your
0: backup joke one, sir? Well, I mentioned it earlier, and it's on page five of Marvel Unlimited, and I call it The Kids Aren't All Right. <laughs> and that is the top panel, and it shows Franklin and Katie and Jack, and they're all hugging and they're all together, and they're not all right. What's wrong with their faces? That's not <laughs> quite right. Did a uh, mask <laughs> get to them? I think a mask got to them and kind of went spludgy, spludgy. So, <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, yeah.
0: Not ah, great. Yeah. Es- especially with Katie, it's like that is not Katie's hairstyle, Katie's hair color, or her face. It is just kind of the, did you sort of jam Julie and katie into a fly transporter and this is your horrible amalgamation that you created i don't know (laughs) my backup joke one is on page eight and i call it hey two spidey's no waiting. <laughs> <laughs>
1: and this is what, bottom panel, and we've got Franklin going, It's that one, because things standing in the middle of the room, and he's talking to Willie Lumpkin as Spider Man, and he's got Spider Man just hanging off his back. So, <laughs> two Spideys, no waiting.
0: Two Spideys, it was no kind of waiting. funny. It made,
1: me, it made me laugh.
0: It's good. I like that a lot. What about you? What is your top joke one? My top joke one is on page 13, and I call it, Spidey, you're going to get icing all over your suit. <laughs> and this is the big, they've played, they've done some stuff, kids are running around, and Johnny is reading his book that he got convinced Franklin to get for Spidey, and Spidey's eating a piece of cake. But Spidey isn't using a plate or a fork. He's just ham-handed an entire giant chunk and is just biting biting bits of cake. And I'm like, dude, you're wearing Lycra. You got icing all over your suit now. <laughs> you just grabbed a hunk of icing and said, squishy ball, yum, yum, yum. Hey. Hey.
1: Don't worry, don't worry. It's okay. The the blood, the dirt, the the, <laughs> the gum from the side of the buildings that he's always hanging off of. <laughs>
0: that that. that. That historically clean and I am clean not worried about the icing
1: getting on the suit. I'm worried about all the stuff that's on the suit getting on getting the Getting onto cake. the
0: cake, yeah. All the, the you, historically cleanliness of New York City.
1: You can't wash your hands. Nope. He would be better just taking the gloves off. Yeah. That would be cleaner. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, I just saw that. I'm like... What kind of savage just grabs a chunk of cake and just like that, especially when you're, I'm, oh, I'm wearing cloth gloves. I better just grab the sloppiest of things and shove it in my mouth. It's like, Spidey, this is bad all the way around. Well, I am going to go ahead and keep
1: talking about cake, but I'm going to go back to page five. And this is the bottom panel on that same page you're Mm -hmm. talking about. And I'm going to say, you will eat cake.
0: (laughs) Oh, Sue's got a knife.
1: Sue has got a knife cake. and she says, "So who wants cake?" and I'm reading it as she's going to cut a kid.
0: Yeah, you she's going to cut a
1: kid and she is going to make sure they yeah. eat their cake.
0: <laughs> it's a prison rules cake-off. <laughs> you know, you know who gets stitches, people that don't eat cake.
1: <laughs> All right, let's talk about some good art. Mm -hmm. What do you have for some good art,
0: Jeff? Page six, just the page. I have page page six
1: too. I think we got the same one.
0: Did you call it playing with baby?
1: I called it power pack and Dragon Man.
0: Yay! We said the same thing. It's (laughs) it's really cool. It is Jack in his cloud form and Katie in her Energizer energy body playing with Dragon Man, which they had named Baby when they had housed him before in their apartment complex. So it's nice to see them together again.
1: Yeah, this is pretty cool. We don't get it too much here, but the interactions with Dragon Man do show that he still has kind of limited intelligence. He still is very much as he was. That will change in a few issues. I just need to point that out there because people who are familiar with this comic book, this is still before he gets an upgrade. A little spoiler, but... I think it will be okay.
0: Okay. that No, I'm glad you said that because I had no idea. I assumed he was in his smart dragon man form at this stage because he says nothing in this issue. Not
1: quite yet. Coming up soon. Now we will go to our top one. So mine is on page 19. And I call this one Doom. (laughs) And this is during the conversation that old Franklin is having with young Valeria. And they kind of got a little something funky here because we see the story he's telling is all represented behind them, but using kind of a kid's drawing style. And of course, the third panel down, the last panel down here, he's saying, and all hope lies in doom. And there's three versions of doom. And we've got the Latverian flag there, but it's all doom as drawn by a child. And I think it's Pretty darn
0: neat. It is really neat. It's really good. I like it. That's a good choice. What do you have for
1: your top one?
0: It is on page 10. And I call mm-hmm. it Swing as a Hit. And that's where Spider-Man is at the birthday party. And he's just like, so Franklin, you want to go web around? And he web slings Franklin around in the big old Baxter building. And everybody's like, hey, that's so fun. And Franklin is super happy. And it's a hit. It's really great. Johnny even has to go, yeah, all right, Franklin's having fun. Fine. He brought a clown and he made (laughs) he made the kids laugh. He's doing his job.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'll take that icing and put it on your face and make it white and make you like a clown. All right. right. right, right.
0: (laughs) Johnny hates Spidey.
1: Speaking of Johnny and Spidey hating each other, Mm -hmm. let's talk about some childish insults here. Rubber and glue moment. What is our most childish insult in here and i'll go ahead and start and i will talk about the book my backup one is the book that Mm -hmm. johnny gave or johnny hinted (laughs) that spider-man should get and it was a loser's guide to picking up women (laughs) that is
0: that is childish 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 and i tip my hat to you johnny sir it's only your backup one huh because i put that as my first and my note on that was just book (laughs) yep 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 Yep.
1: i will say that i chose something that i'm not going to even say here I'm just mm. going to say happy birthday, R. Yeah, happy birthday. I still yeah. went ahead, and even though it is absolutely 100% insensitive when we do not want to use it, it still is my top insult because thinking about the time that it was used, yeah,
0: yeah I it, give it. It's still used by some people, but it's really fallen yep. out of fashion because of a lot of reasons. I admit mm-hmm. fully, yeah, I used to use it all the time, too, and the way that language is used and evolves and changes. But yes. moving away from that potential calamity, let's. I'll go back to my backup rubber and glue moment, yep. which is on page 13. And it, it's a read where he's talking with Sue about their amazing kids. And he's all, hey, if you don't mind me saying, you look amazing for someone whose son just turned. Not another word. <laughs> uh, the old let's talk about our
1: ages and yeah. Yeah, yep. it's like, yeah. oh, you look, yeah. like,
0: you look real good for somebody who's super out of shape. You look so, you look good for somebody that old. <laughs> <laughs> I don't hear that. I just hear, you look so tired for how old you are. And I'm like, I guess equally as tired as you should
2: be.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I went ahead and said, our new, because we're having trouble with our last one. So I decided to change one of our final thoughts. And I wanted to insert something here. And I got this idea from a future issue. But Parent of the Year, mm-hmm. the Reed Richards Award for Good Parenting let's go ahead and talk yeah. about who has had some Reed Richards level parenting in this issue. And I, I originally wrote down here that there was no real bad, bad parenting. This was a great party. And it was a good party. It was a good party.
0: Okay, I misunderstood the assignment because I was thinking, oh, who is the best parent? Okay, who who did the best gooding, gooding of parenting?
1: Well, yeah, I really was, ha- I, I came up with this idea, like I said, for a future issue. And then I went back to this mm-hmm. one to try to find one. And I was like, you know, I can't find a bad parent. So I would say, what is the good parenting on this one? Who do you think was the best parent? It doesn't even have to be a parent. It's who
0: just was acting like a good
1: parent this one.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I, I can actually do the bad parent because default it's a sure. Reed Richards award for Reed, Reed Richards. Because he unmasked Spider-Man and it turns out Spider-Man is uh, Willie Lomack. I mean, you don't unmask a guy but eh. also best parent I thought it was Sue Sue was great
1: Sue was great in this one Sue was great in this one I think I think we could probably almost say that uh, Johnny was a little bit of a bad parent
0: yeah, for giving the book oh, yeah. the
1: book was a fun thing the it book was, was a fun, fun thing it was a
0: fun thing but the fact that he subverted his nephew's very kind and thoughtful gesture into a bazinga a gotcha mm. burn where it's just and now you have this little kid of indeterminate age who's just like I got you a Spider-Man I love you so much and I got you this present because you mean so much to me, and I want you to feel the warmth in your heart that I feel, so I got you this present that my uncle helped, which is just a bag of poop. <laughs> so, uh, sorry.
1: But anyways, I thought this would be fun. I thought this would be another fun talking point for us to have. Just Parent of the Year, the Reed mm. Richards Award for good parenting. And <laughs> I saw the quotes. That can be subjective <laughs> yeah. as we go forward. But we are still going to keep with our most popular and most shunned. The character who was the best, and the character who was the worst in this issue, Jeff Who did you have as your worst character in this issue?
0: His name rhymes with the Bumin Scorch. It is Johnny. (laughs) Because of the book? Because of the book and also his jealousy (laughs) over Spider-Man and just like, why does Webhead get to come in here and make a big entrance? I I could be getting clapped at. I could fly. He just webs. Why are... Why is he getting cheered for this? Man, I'm going to get him a dumb book. Yeah, it was just, it was Johnny, his jealousy's coming through. And it's just like, dude, it's not about you. This is not your moment. Yeah, mm. y- you're a human torch. You're Fantastic Four. Uh, awesome. Yeah, w- everybody loves you. Just give the kid the moment to have <laughs> the person he likes be there, okay? I went with Future Franklin. Mm. Because way to scare
1: the crap out of everybody. Mm-hmm. Good
0: job, buddy. Good
1: job. Way to go. <laughs>
0: He was only following orders. Yeah, sister. yeah I know. It's, yeah. That's, that's a good choice. I, I go for, I go for both. Actually, I'm going to say that Willie was the worst because who is he getting off impersonating Spider-Man? <laughs> <laughs> they, if somebody tells me Spider-Man's going to show up and Willie Lomax and rubber galoshes and ill-fitting suit with his tummy hanging out no. shows up. No, no you've no, ruined that, my birthday, Willie.
1: Nobody wants to see that. Nobody
0: wants to see that. <laughs>
1: Conversely, who is the best? Uh, Sue. Really? Yeah, okay. Sue was great. Right.
0: Sue was wonderful. Sue, Sue makes the Best out of just unreasonably fantastical situations. It's a surprise birthday party. Franklin knows it's a surprise birthday party. True. Goes into the room where the party's at. Well, nobody's there. Hey, actually, you got surprised. Everybody's invisible. That's great. Big part was she was very inclusive to Bentley. Here's your name. Do you want some cake? No, I. It, there's all these things, and it's just like, but I want corner piece. And she's like, yeah. "Okay, man, just <laughs> fine. Have some cake. Whatever. Enjoy yourself." With such a diverse crew, she was she's able to manage each and every one and give them a little bit of personal time. And yep. corner piece of cake, which is the best piece of cake. Not too bad. I went with Franklin because.
1: He gets his friends presents presents to
0: everybody. He gave presents to
1: everybody. So for me, that was a real bonus for him. I thought that was a good move to the birthday boy himself.
0: Also, it's Franklin. He's amazing. He's the absolute best until he becomes (laughs) a teenager and then he becomes a teenager, Franklin, (laughs) and then that's his own issue. Apparently there's something wrong with when he's an adult, too, but we'll get to that. (laughs) Yeah, but the kid's all right is the deal that we're getting at. The kid is all right. He's great.
1: So we want to go ahead and still do top grades, and we'll throw this issue. Even though we have three-fourths of power pack here, we'll go ahead and still throw this issue into minor appearances, just because it's it's a minor. It's a minor
0: of the minor appearances. It's one of the bigger ones, I would think. Yeah, because it's not a panel or two. It's they
1: talk. There's a bigger one that we've got coming down the line, but yeah, this is about it. So. Mm -hmm. On our list here of our minor appearances, we have still number one, Uncanny X Men number 205. Down spot number eight, we've got Marvel Holiday Special number one. That's where the loners meet Secret Santa. We've got down at spot number 14, Warhawk. War of Kings number one, Darkhawk. That's where Darkhawk's crystal acts up and ruins his life. And of course, we mm-hmm. still have loners number three, Julie's in the hospital. This isn't going, going down there. No,
0: it's How not are you going feeling on.
1: about this one? How are you feeling about this one? Do you, I mean, this. This is a setup issue. This is just kind of a fun, easy issue. They're seeding some things. We're not, not much going on.
0: It is pretty good. I'm instinctively covering, kind of hovering around the holiday special with the uh, Loner's mm-hmm. Secret Santa. That one was a good conclusion to the Loner's Run. Yeah. This has got a lot of joy in it and kind of neat. It's. I'm feeling somewhere around 8. I'm kind of... Yeah. I, I, I think I'm with you. It's... I'm trying to think better or worse on it. It's longer, which means it has more room to breathe. I think there's a lot more meat on
1: everything that's above. This is, the, We're kind of in the area where it's light on story. It's more on fluff. Yeah. I think that's a good spot for it. I think that I would probably put this above. I think this would be good number eight.
0: Okay. I'm all for that then, yes. All right. It can usurp the uh, number eight position. There. All right. Sounds good. Sounds good. Sounds good. Let's talk about some beer then. I'm drinking it. I'm enjoying it. I've had breakfast lunch today, so... <laughs> <laughs> monkey's birthday. And we had a little monkey birthday now, didn't we? We did. So, also, what's funny on that is that they're saying a monkey's birthday is when it's raining but the sun's out. I have never heard it described as that. I have always heard that described as a fox's wedding. When it's, when it's raining but the sun is shining on you, that's a fox's wedding. That's when, when foxes get married. So,
1: I just have always considered it to be Oregon.
0: Yeah. There's a lot of, uh, a lot of monkey birthdays and foxes' weddings.
1: Whereas it's sunny, no clouds in the sky, and it's snowing. That's Wyoming.
0: <laughs>
1: Been there, done that, got that t-shirt. But let's get <laughs> back to this beer.
0: What are you thinking about this beer? What are your thoughts on it? How's it treating you right now? I'm enjoying it. I'm down to the last three quarters of an inch in the, uh, in the cup. Uh, it does have some sediment going on it now. It's still hazy. It still smells really nice. Flavor-wise it has remained consistent throughout. It is a very pleasant beverage. Four. Done.
1: Yeah. I think I'm enjoying you on that Four Island. I think this is a pleasant beer that I would have again. IPA notwithstanding, but I think this
0: is a nice little beer. It's a fun can. It is a really fun can. (laughs) The can makes me laugh.
1: Yeah, and it's a tasty, tasty beverage. So fours for us for
0: Monkey's Birthday by Pono Brewing. And now that we've got our beer out of the way, let's go to Kids Perspective. And that's where Rick talks to his daughter, Carrie, about the issue that we just covered. So, Rick and Carrie, take it away. Hello,
1: Carrie. Hello, Daddy. How are you today? Good, and you? I'm doing pretty good. I'm doing pretty good. We're back to talk about some brand new comics. Are you excited about that? Yeah. We've got something brand new we're starting. We're starting with the Fantastic Four, and we're going to be following them for quite a while. Most of the issues. I'm not going to cover all of them. Just the ones with Power Pack kids in it. Sound good? Okay. (laughs) Are you excited about that? Yeah. No more Darkhawk. No more angsty teenagers.
2: Yeah. Except now we're, like, moving on to, like, six-year-old kids.
1: (laughs) Well, we're actually moving on to a group of adults, and there's going to just happen to be kids around. Yeah. Okay, let's move on. We are reading... Fantastic Four, 574. What did you think about this book? Well, What's this book about?
2: It's Franklin's birthday.
1: Hooray! It's Franklin's birthday.
2: Yeah.
1: Who has he invited to his birthday party?
2: So he invited Katie and Jack and Alex mm-hmm. and Julie, maybe?
1: Yep. Julie couldn't make it because she was off with the loners, right?
2: Yeah, talking about <laughs> retiring their superhero things. What did you think
1: about this birthday party? Is it kind of fun?
2: Yeah, it's a kid's birthday party, as kids are. <laughs> oh, he also had Leech in there, right?
1: Artie and Leech. Yeah, Artie and Leech. I, I don't think you've seen Artie too much. Artie is the pink-headed kid.
2: No, I... Yeah, I kind of forgot Artie, to be honest.
1: How could you forget about Artie? I like Artie. Artie is a lot of fun. I remember being introduced to Artie when I was, well, your age, and I was reading X-Factor comics. Artie and Leech are very near and dear to my heart. I like those characters. Yeah. And you had a question for me, too, because there's somebody here who you did not know, right? Yes.
2: Starts with a V. (laughs)
1: Yeah, Val. Valeria. Valeria Richards. That's the three-year-old sister of Franklin Richards. So, who? (laughs) Val. She is Franklin's sister. She's three years old.
2: Okay. Why have I not seen her before?
1: Well, (laughs) it's because comics are crazy. Long story short, Franklin helped bring Val back into this world. His mom was pregnant at one time and she lost the baby, but through a whole bunch of series of events, Franklin made Valeria appear.
2: Okay, so Franklin's magic, we gathered that.
1: <laughs> well, he was. He doesn't have his magic powers anymore right now. He lost them all partly because of what he did there and and a few other things. A lot of things occurred, and he does not have his powers at the beginning of the story. At the end of the story, it looks like he has his powers back, right?
2: Yeah. That was also yeah. kind of, like, random and like, oh, um, just just like a slip in at the end. Yeah, he's like magic now. Okay, goodbye.
1: Yeah, and the the old guy that came and like knocked him out and kind of gave him his powers and talked to Valeria, that was an older version of Franklin Richards. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ready for a weird time stuff. There's going to be a lot of stuff in these issues. All of the issues that we're going to be reading on this Fantastic Four run, Jonathan Hickman, and he is known for creating really in-depth stories and layering a lot of plots on top of each other. So this is going to be a lot of stuff that we're going to get hit with all at once. But I'm always curious to see what you think of the books and the characters. Oh, that. Do you like Val so far? Yeah,
2: I was just going to say, like, what she sounds like, she, like, talks in, like, does stuff that not a normal three-year-old would do.
1: <laughs> no, she is an exceptional three-year-old. She doesn't have any powers, but she is incredibly smart. Her father is Reed Richards. So, yeah. And she is actually smarter than her father.
2: <laughs> I'm pretty sure, like, older Franklin Richards didn't even tell her that he was Franklin Richards, and her parents didn't recognize him or anything.
1: No. No. There's a lot like that that's going to be going on, and and there's going to be a lot of new characters that we'll be talking about. Val is a very important character, especially in this time and and what she does and how she does things. She's too smart for her own good. (laughs) (laughs) Mm. Do you have any other questions, or do you have anything you want to kind of point out that you liked or didn't like in this issue?
2: So I noticed that Katie's hairstyle was different. Not making me realize that it was Katie at first, I thought like, They shrunk Jolie back down into her old, her younger age.
1: We'll just say that the drawing style of Katie and the other kids, it's not really that great. I'm not a big fan of of the artwork in this book. A lot of characters are hard to really make out.
2: Yeah. I think maybe just going with the braids would have been good. Or even like pigtails. Anything. Anything with long hair, it would have made me recognize her.
1: (laughs) Is there anything else that you liked or didn't like in this issue?
2: It does go on for quite a bit. I just realized
1: there's something very important that's near the beginning, and it's where Reed is talking to Alex and asking what he's doing and that he might have a project for him.
2: Oh, yeah. I was looking at that and I was thinking that could probably be part of the next one.
1: Yep. In fact, the next book we're going to cover is going to be a few issues from this, and we are going to find out what he was talking about and what he's going to, what they're going to be doing. Something called the Future Foundation. So that's coming up very, very soon. Mhm. Mm-hmm. Anything else you want to talk about on this one? I don't think so. All right. Thank you very much for your time, Carrie. Okay. I love you. Love you too. And away you took it right to the birthday store. Shout out time. We like to recognize those listeners that take time to write in or leave us a review. And this is for episode 114, War of Kings, Darkhawk number one. Starting with Clinton Robeson and his podcast, Fan Film Fridays and Coffee and Comics.
0: Colin Stapleton and Jerry McMullen and their podcast, The Worst Comic Podcast Ever.
1: Gene Hendricks.
0: Hoover Jeremiah and his podcast, Four Million Years Later.
1: Jason Albrecht from the Longbox Crusade Network. Jeff Pollier. Limax 7 who said, just now listening to the first of the two-issue Darkhawk episodes, love the references to the Smother Brothers that you put in it. Yes, I'm so glad that he got that.
0: Awesome. I don't remember them, but I'm glad that they were there. (laughs) Roy Alexander. Tim Price, the podcrasher,
1: in his podcast, The Outcasters. Waffles! We also like to thank those lovely listeners that give us a little bit of dough in order to make this show. And they do so by helping us out on Patreon, which, if you want to jump over there, you better do it now because we are about to finish up the all-ages run of comic books. But don't worry, we're going to start covering some more content. We've got over 50 hours of stuff you can listen to. Come on over to Patreon. Just like adorably astonishing
0: and amazing Andrew Burns. Cheerfully cheeky and charming Charles Logan. Challenging, cheesy, and chuckling Charles Gears. Destructive and devastatingly delightful Damien Witter.
1: Dynamically
0: dangerous and devious Doug Jones. Exciting, energetic, and entertaining Edward Verroche.
1: Intelligent, interesting, and innovative Isaac Perry.
0: Jesting, joking, and jovial Jeff Polyer. Just jealous and jeweled, Jeremy Daw. Muscly, mighty, and meticulous Matthew Birdsey. Mythical
1: and magnificent monologuing Matthew Laserwitz. Rudely rhyming and running Rustin Fritcher. Steely, salty, and steamy Sailor Bear Zodar. Sad and sickeningly
0: silly Shag Matthews. Strange and stirringly steady Stephen Gray. Tyrannically terrifying and tame Tim Price. Technically terrific and triumphant, Toddy Enoch. Way, way wordy and wobbly
1: waffles. Weird and wonderfully wacky, Wind. And for our next issue, we are going to skip ahead a few issues and cover Fantastic Four 579. Once again, we're only covering the issues with Power Pack in them. Also, be sure to check out the other show that I'm on. My wonderful, wonderful monthly Monday movie muckabout on the Longbox Crusade Network.
0: And we have some merchandise available on Redbubble. Go to redbubble.com and search for Unpacking the Power of Power Pack
1: jeff and rick present is a bi-weekly self-produced podcast recorded in front of a live studio audience of my nifty 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 new cover for my phone in portland oregon if you'd like to interact with us through the magic of the internet you can do so through twitter at jeff and rick present our facebook page jeff and rick present our email address jeff and rick present all one word at gmail.com or at our website jeff and rick present also our youtube channel is at jeff and rick present
0: and if you would like to help support our show we are on patreon you can find us at patreon.com jeff and rick present All one word. We are also a proud supporter of the Hero Initiative, and we will be donating 10% of our Patreon donations to this great cause. We encourage everyone to give what they can to this worthwhile organization that helps the creators who provide us with such great content. Go to HeroInitiative.org to find out more. Please rate and review us wherever you can. Or tell your friends
1: about us. Or share your love for us on social media.
0: And as always, we want to thank the powerful people in our packs. My wife Cindy and our daughter Carrie. My fiancee Hillary and our daughter Aurora. We, we love, love you. you. Until next time.
1: Costumes, Costumes off. off. Our theme music is 80s Action by Kevin McLeod. Also featured in this episode is Joy in Your Bright Face by Music L. Files. All music is found at incompatible.com and is licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 4.0 license. First
0: things first. Do you know who. <coughs> That's what I say. I've already butchered it. First things first. First thing is. First. <coughs> Hono oh, Brewing. Uh, th- that could be cut. I've got nowhere I'm going with that. Oh,
1: trust me, I'll cut it.
0: Good. <laughs>